Hi, this is Carrie, and welcome to Tandem Talks, a podcast meant to empower you to live your life your way. And I'm Craig. Join us as we go deeper with entrepreneurs and their journey creating success in business and life. Welcome to another episode of Tandem Talks. We are excited to have the one and only Shannon Hughes out of the Bay Area out in California with us today. And she is an experiential facilitator, which I think is maybe one of the coolest titles ever. Um, She talks about bringing humanity back to the workplace. And we want to dive into that big time. But, you know, by background, she is the owner of Enlivened Studios, where she mentors people and teaches experiential practices to help create continuity and unity in the workplace and help with transformative leadership. So I'm excited. She's an entrepreneur. She helps, you know, people in in high level positions as well as business owners. And so we want to take a really deep dive on her journey, but also, you know, parallel ways that any of you who are listening that are on your entrepreneurial path can really leverage this whole idea of improvisational mindset, which is kind of new to me. So I'm really excited to learn myself. But Shannon, can you give us a little bit more of your background and how you landed in the business space? Yeah, thank you. That was a beautiful introduction. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, so my background, I mean, I was in corporate for many, many years um, in a, an advertising agency, which anyone who is familiar with how advertising agencies work or agencies in general, it's a lot. It's wearing a lot of different hats and moving, you know, managing clients and, and operating at a really high caliber and a really high clip. And I did that for a lot of years Um, and it was in the recruitment space. So it was really in the HR space, working with HR managers and people in marketing to help uh, companies figure out how they wanted to appeal to um, to talent. So how do they brand themselves to talent? Uh, So anyway, I did that for a number of years. And in 2017, um, I had been always client facing. I was a VP of client strategy and, uh, I actually gave my notice. I said, I can't do this anymore. It was far too many hours. And my manager at the time said, well, don't wait, 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 don't go, don't go. We have another position we can offer you. It's part-time and it's a financial operations manager role. And I took it. And um, I know, Carrie, you and I are just getting to know each other, but it might already be evident. I am not a financial operations manager person. You were quick to accept the offer though. (laughs) Exactly. I said, yes, and right, which we'll, and we'll talk about in a second. So I did that. And, you know, it was chasing revenue and going into Salesforce and, you know, hassling my peers to get their, their forecasts in and, and it worked until it didn't. And uh, I said, I, you know, worked it out with my husband and I said, I don't think I can do this anymore. And so we put the pieces together. And at the mate, at the same time, I was I kind of started to feel this pull to go back to my kind of creative and performative roots, which I'd done all my life uh, growing up. And I started to take improv classes again and in San Francisco. And I immediately saw the ties between what I was learning in improv class to how I can apply some of those concepts to business. And so, you know, the like the, the, it was sort of all these ideas were starting to piece themselves together while I was still employed with this, with this company. And then I gave my notice and and within the next year, I was facilitating workshops and trying to figure out what all this meant. And um, 
launched my business about a year later in Live In Studios. Um, and so, yeah, now, now I'm, I do one-on-one coaching with this work and I also do um, team kind of team building, I guess you could say. And um, like you said, you know, de- developing capacity for both um, for, for teams so that they can connect better and be more impactful. I love it. What a transition. And it's neat. It's always interesting. Life is not linear. You know, where we end up, it's always a little bit of a windy path. And that's what makes it so interesting and, and colorful. Um, so it is fun to hear how you got to maybe your own version of a breaking point and own breakthrough. Um, can you tell us what improvisational mindset means in entrepreneurship? Because I think that's likely new for most most listeners. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, a lot of people, when they think about improv, they think about improv comedy. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, improv can be very comedic. And oftentimes it is. And improvisation is an art form on its own without the comedy, right? And there's a number of people also sometimes think that it's unscripted. So there's no structure and there is no format. People just get on stage. They happen to have some gusto and some bravery and courage, and they just make stuff up. But in actuality, improv is highly structured and highly rehearsed. And so there are a number of concepts that that performers practice. One of them that most people are familiar with is the concept of yes and, uh, which doesn't always mean agree. Yes actually means to receive and to witness and to accept what's been offered. And then and is to build on that. So you and I may be in a collaborative environment in our team, you know, having a team building meeting, or maybe I'm an entrepreneur and I'm meeting with a potential partner, a collaborator or funder, and someone throws an idea out rather than, and I can yes, and that idea, even if I don't agree with it, it's saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I hear you. Great. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and building on it from there so that the conversation progresses and we can make something out of nothing, which is what entrepreneurship is all about. Um, and then other like times, it sounds like real collaboration. Yes. In its truest form. Is that accurate? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yes, exactly. And when you think about that on a stage, right, two people have to collaborate in order to build something from nothing. And and when you take yes and into, yeah, into a collaborative environment, magic can happen. Um, yeah. And oftentimes, yes and is the one that really resonates when I when I introduce that to clients. I'll walk them through some exercises to really embody what that feels like. We play with it first in sort of a once upon a time made up story. We do it that way first so people can kind of, oh, this is fun. I get it. I get it. And then we put them into a more, okay, well, let's pretend like you're building a new product. Or, okay, it's five years from now. What does the company look like? And then building, having this collaborative experience using yes and to quote unquote play with different ideas. Um, and, you know, a lot of times some, some bold kind of um, audacious things come out of it. Some land, some don't, but the idea is to get generative and create together. Um, and other concepts of uh, improv are make your partner look good, right? So how can you spotlight other people in your life, in your work, um, to make to lift them up and model yourself that way as being somebody who's human and cares for other people in a really empathetic way? Um, and then there are a number of others around intentional listening, um, being vulnerable, engaging with one another in a really true way. 
Um, yeah. And that's really when we think about improv and of course, improv, staying agile, right. And holding on to our stories lightly, because oftentimes we clench our stories and they, if we, we, we spent so long creating this PowerPoint deck or this speaking thing was all perfect. I can't quite, what, what if somebody, well, guess what? Someone might ask you a question that you're just going to have to be in the moment and you're going to have to off kind of, script question. You didn't plan for, right? Yeah. <laughs> And that's what life is. So, you know, trying to apply some of that into recognizing that, you know, let's take ourselves a little less seriously Mm -hmm. and practice that spontaneity that's required in, in to, to live and, and be together, you know? It's so hard to teach as someone who is not, you know, this is your bread and butter. So for me, so much of what I do is trying to teach people you know, in the entrepreneurial space, how to share their story, how to be effective in communication. And that is a hard thing. Exactly what you just shared is very hard for certain personality types and temperaments. And I would say generally people, and even myself at 22, I started my own business. And I remember thinking, okay, I can share exactly what my coach told me to say, but if anything outside of that comes up, I'm totally screwed. And it was, that was the intimidating. It's like, I can recite things. Of course, like I went to college, I know how to regurgitate information, but to be able to ad lib and pull an audible, if something else is necessary to be discovered in a conversation or um, exactly go with the flow of human communication, I feel like is so much at the heart of what you shared. So I guess if we dive a little deeper, you know, let's say there's a third person here who is really struggling with that area because um, it's a skill that can be developed. What are a couple tips that you could give someone? I think it comes down from my perspective to like confidence and like an inner confidence that, hey, I could go off script or, you know, follow a little windier path in my, in my conversation with somebody. But, um, if, if someone is a little bit more, um, of a planner or retentive in what they want to cover being more agile, like, how do you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, some of it has to do, I mean, if it, if we're talking about speaking or having a presence in a room, in a boardroom or with, you know, any situation, some of it comes down to the somatic understanding of dropping into your body and breath work. Right. Um, so part of it is that I'm coaching a gentleman right now who um, we talked a lot about that. And when we first started to engage the issue and the challenge that he was coming to me with is. I'm going into these, you know, I'm an engineer and I'm being asked to play a sales role, a hybrid engineer sales role. And I've never done this before. How do I go into this, these, these, this room of executives when they're all looking at me to be the expert in the room? I have my deck. I know my thing. And that's what I'm being asked to portray and who to be and what information to deliver. And you're telling me, Shannon, that I have to be agile and hold things lightly. Like, how do you do both of those things? And my answer in that context, in that situation was get curious because people love to tell their own stories. And if you can lean in with curiosity and start to, and I I don't want to overuse the word human, but humanize the people that are in the room, ask them for their own personal stories. Um, See if you can engage at a level that will... Take a little bit of the air out of the balloon because if the balloon continues to have air, what's going to happen, right? And we use this analogy when I was working with this guy was, 
you've got so much air in this balloon that you you're you're it's going to pop. So how can you deflate it a little bit? Well, you take a breath. You have a sip of water. You you lean in. You ask the, one of the guys in the room what they did for their weekend, what their story was, where they come from. Tell me a little bit about your own background, and and authentically, right? So how can we lean in with curiosity in an authentic way? Because we're all just people in a we're room. All just humans, like humaning, doing it, the, doing it for the first time. Quite frankly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, and to to ask questions along the way so that it feels like a presentation, quote unquote, or a big speaking engagement. In in theater, we talk about the fourth wall. There's obviously four walls in a room. And when you're doing a scripted Shakespeare or whatever, one rule of performing is you'd never break the fourth wall because the audience doesn't want you to. The audience wants to witness something that they want to be pulled into a, a world that they're not a part of. But in improv, we break the fourth wall all the time. We ask the audience for suggestions, you know, we're so in the context of a presentation or feeling more comfortable in a room when you are are that kind of holding on to your story type of person, I often say, well, don't forget, you can break the fourth wall. You know, you, you don't need to be the 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 um, the the. The, the sage on the stage, right? You can also be the person who is saying, does this resonate with you? How do we feel? Do we want to go in a different direction here? How's everybody doing? Can we, do we need a break? Like what are ways that we can quote unquote, break that fourth wall to make the room more of a collective versus me behind a pedestal telling you what I know. Right. Yeah. More conversational versus presentational. It sounds yes. like. Yes. It's it's never been more relevant to with Zoom life, right? I mean, I think that's got to be an interesting piece of your career path now is teaching people through a pandemic. How has that changed? Like, are there any additional tips with living in a virtual world that you think are relevant? Well, when it comes to facilitating uh, or or in, in, if it's not someone as a facilitator, but it, when it comes to running meetings or having a number of people on your screen, as a facilitator, I always say connect early, connect often. So how can you, if you are the meeting owner, how can you get people maybe into a breakout room for five minutes at the front end and give them a simple game like, um, hey, you have five minutes to find three, you know, three things in common, go. Or two truths and a lie, you know, how can you have a little bit of fun at the front end so that people come back and have connected with somebody so that they have a true north they can go back to if they get a little bit, uh, they lose their footing in the meeting. Um, as far as relating to people, especially with eye contact, isn't that hard? Like right now I'm looking at you and you're looking at me, but my, what I see of you is that you're looking down and you probably see that I'm looking elsewhere. We're not making eye contact. And, you know, people have tried to make, you know, do things technologically to fix that, but it's really hard because we've lost yeah. that eye to eye contact. So, you know, I, I think there, but there are still ways to energetically read each other in the room, to read the room and to read each other's energy. Um, and, you know, and also to remind people, I always remind people, like, we're not just, we don't live in these squares. I'm, I'm in a room here. If you want to see something, I have a picture. Um, I pulled this. I pulled this card this morning in meditation. 
I have a speaker right here that I play my music to show people that we're three-dimensional, even though we're just looking at each other on a screen. Yep. You know, that's really powerful. And I think it's interesting too, for me being a public speaker for many years at this point, and then doing more virtual, there is an element that I miss of just like more of that live feedback. Not that it can't happen on zoom, but there's that mentality of most people being on mute So you do sort of miss that live engagement to some extent. So a lot of the ideas you shared just help pull that out of a meeting or an environment, which I think is powerful. But um, it is interesting, just the different different dynamics in each environment. So um, I'd love to hear a little bit, you know, on your journey now of building enlivened studios, like any entrepreneurial thought process or mindset for someone early in their journey that you think could be helpful, you know, maybe part of the struggle, like what was the hardest part for you that first year or two, especially not having any business background up until that point? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will tell you at the front end of my answer that it's still a struggle. I mean, this is, you know, and I, I may or may not be preaching to the choir, Carrie, I know you've been doing this for a while. Um, but you know, it's, uh, you know, being a solopreneur is kind of an everyday, okay, what's, what's on the table today? What am I going to be able to bring to this work from a capacity, from an energetic capacity perspective, right? And mindset is obviously always front of mind. I would say though, to answer your question, um, really, I, I, I can't, just really lean. I I just kind of kept allowing, I kept, I, and I still do. I put myself into rooms with people that are a couple steps ahead of me because there's always something to learn. I post, posted on LinkedIn the other day that I don't believe in the word mastery. And I think the word master is mastery um, is a little outdated anyway, considering what's going on with um, Black Lives Matter and some of those historical contexts of the word master. But, yeah. but that aside, I don't believe in mastery because we're always becoming, we're always evolving. We always have something to learn. So I think at the beginning of this journey and still today, I am constantly saying yes to invitations to hop on a call, get to know people. You just never know who is going to be. I see you like nodding your head. Yeah. Who's going to be a door opener or who's just going to be a really good friend who ends up being in your corner. Um, so some of the people that I've said yes to or or that I have reached out to and have, you know, have supported as well, because there's got to be reciprocity there, um, have ended up being people that are just my either my accountability buddies or my clients. Right. So obviously you have to put barrier, you know, boundaries around that. Not everybody is looking out for your best interest, but Give, you know, kind of putting your rose colored glasses on there, um, being being smart about your rose colored glasses and, you know, leading in to be like, huh, I wonder what might be behind door number two. Let's go check it out, you know? Um, and it's scary. I'm not saying it's easy. It's, it is scary. Uh, and, you know, I think to my, I'm thinking about my 13 year old son, who's, you know, I think about teenagers and how when I was a teenager too, we all, we all walked around thinking the world was looking at us, but the world is only looking at themselves. So it's a reminder that like, 
put yourself out there because more often than not, people are only caring about what they look like, not pointing fingers at what you look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to, a lot to double back on that. I really appreciated about what you shared, but in so many ways, I think you're hitting on like the power of building community, right. And mm-hmm. finding people who are further along on the journey. I mean, we, we preach that, right. Like we get on a soapbox, like no matter what your industry, like find people ahead of you that like have already created the results and the rewards and really the life you want to build. And work to get in their hip pocket or, you know, emulate them to the extent that you can. And I loved what you talked about. Like, I think you're alluding to networking, right? Like getting to know people and building relationships. And I share this a lot. Like the worst thing that might happen is you might have a new friend and that's a pretty darn worse. That's a pretty good darn worst case scenario. Right. Yeah, (laughs) Um, Yeah. And like you said, the accountability piece, especially if you're, if you're not in an environment where you have like a ton of business partners, People need accountability more than they want it. Um, so whatever ways we have to simulate accountability with maybe even running buddies in other industries or maybe our competitors to some extent, right? Like I think there's so much collaboration that is truly positive and beneficial. And also, you know, you talked about curiosity earlier, but just having a curiosity as you get to know people is, is one of the best ways to open doors and be a blessing to other people and also being open to receive. Right. And I know you're a proponent of that. Like in, in one of your notes, I know you talked about like the balance of business ownership. That's not always easy, but being open to receive also, I think is a huge part of staying anchored and focusing on our own wellness and our own well-being in the process. Cause it's easy. Like I talk about enjoying the grind. And I think sometimes people equate that to like, Oh, like diehard, you know, hustle culture. And it's like, no, just like enjoy the pursuit of what you're doing. And I think part of like the joy in being in the pursuit is also like being well, right. And taking care of ourselves, um, but being present for it all. And I'd love to hear how you balance it all. Cause it, and you said, you've got a 13 year old. Do you have, what, what else is your family dynamic? Like you've probably got a few things going on. Do you have a pet or like I know you like to travel. You've got more things than like just being a business owner. So you've got yeah. a full life, a full, a full room behind you and a full life. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes. To all that. I've got a, um, a nine year or almost 10 year old and a 13 year old. Um, I'm married. I live in the Bay area. I'm growing up in the house or I'm growing up. I'm raising my family in the house that I grew up in, which is kind of a fun, fun little fact. Um, yeah, I've got a dog and a, and, and I have a very, um, I'm going to say manipulative, but I mean it in a loving way, <laughs> a manipulative nine-year-old, which is why I have a snake and a guinea pig. Um, so I've got a full, full, uh, full house here. And, you know, it's funny that you asked that question. It's very timely, Carrie, because, you know, we have our good days and our bad days. We have our good weeks and our bad weeks. Right. And um, and this week, this week specifically has been a really interesting mindset week for me. I've just it's been one of those roller coaster weeks. Um, Really great Tuesday, really crappy Wednesday. You know, it was just kind of one of those weeks for me. Uh, So balancing it, I think what you, you just hit the nail on the head because when our body, when, like when my, my body and my mind this week told me not to, not to grind this week. And instead I, I did it anyway. And that misalignment is real, man. Like when you know intuitively that it's time to rest or go for a walk or just knock it off and not do the work for a little bit, but you do it anyway. Whew, that, 
that can take its toll. Um, and it feel, it can feel right in the moment sometimes like, well, no, I'm, I'm checking off the boxes. I'm doing all the things I have these goals and da, da, da. But man, I mean, then you go to bed that, or I can't speak for everyone, but you know, then the night comes and it's just, you know, you kind of have to go, well, what did I do what I was meant to do today? Or did I do what I, I thought I should do today? And there's a big distinction there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm, it's a practice. It's a practice. And I, what my practice is listening to what I'm supposed to be doing right now and doing that. Um, and recognizing that there is work that needs to be done. And I do need to do business development. And that hustle is there sometimes. Um, but I can't show up authentically to, to the people that I'm in service of. If I'm back here, I'm, I'm saying all these things about curiosity and openness. And then I'm like, you know, clutching, gripping and grinding. So it's a practice to find those balances and to be true to what is here in this moment and, and to, and to find that balance. It's um, yeah, it's not easy and, and it's totally possible. You know, it's kind of that paradox that way. Yeah. Well, and it's nice to have people modeling that balance, I think too. Um, but at the end of the day, we do kind of have to trust that inner voice and turn up the volume on a bit, because even if we have good models of it, like we're still living with ourselves every day, <laughs> yeah. Makes, you know, thousands of decisions in a 24 hour period on how we want to spend our time and energy. So I appreciate, I appreciate that in so many ways. And, um, it's interesting because when you start a business, like life doesn't stop, like the roller coaster doesn't stop. Life keeps going. Um, but that's where I think that intuitive piece of it all is, is even more important because you don't have an employer saying you have to do this by this date. It's like every day, like you're the boss and that's really hard and really amazing all in one package deal. So learning how to navigate it, it does, it does make a difference. Um, so I appreciate you hitting on that. And we've got sort of a fun thing we have added to Tandem Talks. We called it Deep Thoughts on Tandem Talks. And I have a couple random questions for you. Um, and I know this will not throw you off. You were like born to, to have these curveballs thrown at you. So um, this is probably a good little uh, improv exercise to the best of my ability. But what is the best compliment that you have ever received? Um. Well, the first thing that came to mind, <clears throat> and I've received this compliment a couple of times, and I uh, I really appreciate it, is that my one gentleman after I did it, I'm a prof- I do a solo I do solo shows sometimes, and um, I was talking to this guy afterwards, and he said his words were, "Man, I don't even know you, but your energy is off the hook," mm-hmm. and he said it in a really good way. <clears throat> Excuse me. Your, your energy is off the hook. And I just thought, huh. And I've had that reflected to me a couple of times that I just have um, an energy about me. So I think that's, uh, yeah, that's what came to mind for me when you asked that question. I love that. And when I first chatted with you, I can attest to that on, on our first Zoom engagement. I, I will reiterate that is very, very true. And even in a Zoom world radiates, which is not always easy to translate. So um, thank you for sharing. The other question is, what is a smell that makes you most nostalgic? Oh, that's a good one. <clears throat> a smell that makes me most nostalgic. Oh, man. Um, I think it would have to do with my 
grandmother. Mm. Yeah. I mean, she, she was, she was a cook. She spent a lot of time in the kitchen and she just had that grand, you know, that grandma smell. It's hard to describe, but you know it when, you know, you, you just know it. It's like, it's like a lovely mix of age and wisdom and, you know, cake flour and roses. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, Yeah. I was really close to her. I was really, really close to her. So yeah, I think it's kind of that, that lovely mix. I can smell it when I describe it. And yet it's hard to describe at the same time. You know it when you smell it, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love that. Um, What is your favorite art form? I love seeing autobiographical solo performances and I love seeing spoken word. Mm. Um, I just met a woman in this, I'm in a writing course right now. And uh, she and I ended up in a breakout room and she said what she had written during our, the course of this free writing period that we had like 20, I think it was like 30 minutes of free writing. And she shared with me a, a rap like she literally, she took a real rap that an artist um, has written once upon a time, and she did a parody of it in 30 minutes. And I just thought that is genius. And she goes on stage and she does these like hip hop raps. And um, so I love, I love things like that, that people just take out of their own soul and just bear it to the, to the audience. It's pretty wild. Oh, that's amazing. I love it. I feel like I need to see more autobiographical solo performances. I feel like I haven't done enough of that. So um, very cool. And the last question, which has a few different purposes, but who, who is the happiest person that you know? The great question. The happiest person I know, the happiest person I know is probably my son, Quinn. Um, well, his born name was Quinn and he's now chosen Quilla. So we're playing with some gender creativity over here in the house and, uh, Quilla he's, um, he is just a wise soul, man. Some, and just stream of consciousness all the time, all the time, lots of questions and just never stops. Um, and he's got sad moments. We all do, but for the most part, he just bounces, just bounces. He lights me up. That's amazing. Blessing to have the happiest person, you know, in your home, in your, in your environment. That's pretty, pretty darn special. Well, I appreciate Mm -hmm. you sharing. Um, Those are more fun, but I think some good, good little lessons in the mix. Um, As we, as we wrap up any closing thoughts, any last suggestions or tips from any, for anyone on their journey, who's like in the thick of it that you think might, you know, be a blessing or an eye opener for them as they listen today. Yeah. Um, I'd say, and this is true, especially now, because a lot of people have been pivoting to be online. Just remember what your vision and your mission is rather than appealing to what you think might be needed. So there, there's a, um, a Howard Thurman quote that I use all the time. Obviously my company's called Enliven Studios. Howard Thurman said, and he was a um, philosopher and an author and a meditator and a mindfulness teacher way ahead of his time in the 1920s or even before that. And he said, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and then go do it. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. And I love that because 
being true to what it is that you know you're here to do, that's what it is. And so it may manifest in different ways, but keep remembering that that's the true north and that's why you've been put here to do this work. And so what whatever iteration it takes is fine, but pivoting away from it for the sake of being online, unless you're doing that, you know, for clear and obvious reasons like finances, which is real. But keep remembering that, right? Keep coming back to that purpose because that's ultimately, that will never leave you. Yeah. You may leave it, but it's never going to leave you. Yeah, that's powerful advice. And there's probably a lot of different ways to weave that in to creating a livelihood, right? And you found that. That's what's so powerful about your story is how you kind of came back to that and found that for yourself as a part of who you are and also a means to make money and impact people. So I think that's like the ultimate trifecta when you can do that, right? Um, Where can people find you? And also, can we watch some of your performances on YouTube or where can we get a glimpse of some of this uh, performance art? Yeah, yeah. So on LinkedIn and on YouTube, I'm um, my handle is Shannon Dean Hughes. So my mate, my my hyphenated name is in there. Uh, so I'm, I'm on LinkedIn quite quite frequently. I've got quite a bit of content on LinkedIn. And yes, on YouTube, you can see my videos. I have yet to put them into my website, so I'm working on it. My website's enlivenedstudios.com. Uh, and there's a, a good deal of information on there about who, what I do in terms of team building and coaching and speaking engagements and things like that. And for your listeners too, I have a free download, which is um, enlivenedstudios.com slash download, which is fairly easy to remember. And it's um, it's a PDF. It's a, um, a document that outlines called tips and tricks for how to enliven up your virtual meetings. Um, and so I've got some narrative in there and some games and exercises to play. Um, if you're hosting events online or just trying to engage with people online. I love it. I will be checking that out myself. So we'll, we'll put that all in the show notes so people can find you easily. And we just appreciate you being on. And really the focus of our show is how do we keep people focusing on what matters most to them? And also that we hope people enjoy the pursuit and enjoy the grind as they're out doing doing their work in the world. So thank you, Shannon. I hope you have a good rest of the day and thank you to the listeners out there. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please subscribe and leave a review and be sure to visit tandemconsulting.co backslash talks.